Get you set up for all the weekend's betting action across the sports world. It's BetQL Weekend, only on the BetQL Network. Must be the regular season because it's BetQL Weekend, baby. Mutt and Fritz, Mutt W-E-E-I out of Boston. You got Jack Fritz, W-I-P, there in Philadelphia. Happy weekend, buddy. What's going on? Whoa, 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 whoa. Forget that. How'd you like the Hall of Fame game, Fritz? You're a huge fan of the preseason football I was on the under on Thursday night. That was a loser. Let's get your full breakdown of Raiders and Jags Hall of Fame game. Wow. So you already started the season off the loser, Mutt? I mean, it, it really yep. must be close <laughs> to football season. I mean, it, it, did, when you lost that bet last night, did you feel like I'm home? Like, it's good to be yes. back. It's good, it's back. good to be here. We're back. Lo- yeah. Losing football tickets. We're back, baby. Yeah, I got to be honest. Like, I love Nick Costos. He he joins us uh, every Friday down here in Philly. Love listening to him on the Becky L Network. Yeah, there was nothing more embarrassing than seeing the meltdown text about the third quarter offense from like the, the Raiders Jags game last night. Like, listen, I love football. All right, we all love football. We get it. Like, can we please, as a nation, grow up with the fascination with the Hall of Fame game? It is awful. Every single year, it's terrible. And it's like, oh, well, Hall of Fame games on Thursday. Can't wait to watch. Yeah, you can. No one needs to watch it. It's awful. I don't care if it's Tariqo and Collinsworth. I don't care if it's the NBC game. It is the worst. And it's never good football. I can't stand it. Like, we need to move on past the Hall of Fame game. Uh, love. This is a terrible take by you. Not only do we have, we got Tariqo and Collinsworth, their NBC debut. We had Josh da- Jacobs. Toting the rock in the first quarter. My guy, Josh McDaniels, motivating his top running back, saying, hey, you want to play this year with Kenyon Drake and my guys? You better go run the football in preseason. That's a genius move by a potential coach of the year. That game was very important to a lot of people. And you're, by the way, you're the same guy texting me in spring training. Oh, did you watch this guy do three great innings? It's spring training baseball. It's pretend baseball. Same as football. We all bet it. We all watch it. You're just a hater because you're a baseball guy. That's fine. I'm a football guy. You're a baseball guy. Yeah, it does. It does irk me that it's like, oh, yeah. you know, we have le- legitimate postseason chases. We have like intense games. It's Braves Mets last night. It's Phil's Nats. You know, we're talking oh, about yeah. big series, yep. big Huge. series. Huge. <laughs> and I got to see my timeline flooded with Nick Costos melting down about about <laughs> Jags Raiders. It was awful. Um, but yeah. nevertheless, football continues to win and I continue to lose. So we're going to tie in the big Thursday night game to the opening segment. We have a lot to get to here today. We have analyzing the awards with the MVP and the coaches and the crosshairs coming up. Uh, We have a huge, huge week for the state of Massachusetts to get to. uh, And Jack is going to apologize to a horse. That's all coming up in the third segment of the show. But, but, but let's tie in last night's Jaguars who have one of the smallest win totals in football at somewhere between four and four and a half. And this is your idea. So I'll let you set it up here. Apparently we are dumpster diving for the worst teams in the NFL this year, and the unders we're going to take on these bad teams. Well, Mutt, um, as a sports radio veteran yourself, uh, most times we look for the negatives in, sure do. in, in life, in life, in sports, and in every day. Yeah. You know, we, we yep. look for the negatives more than the positives. And every year around this time, it's like, well, this team could go over. They could surprise. And then every year, there's like five dumpster fire teams that like oh, is yeah. so easy to spot and win money. And I feel like a lot of the, the betting sites and the betting shows seem to miss it. So what we're going to do today 
is that we're going to go dumpster fire diving and we are going to identify who is going to be a dumpster fire so that you can make a lot of money because it's pretty easy to identify. Uh, and I don't want to like, you know, let the, the beginning of the show uh, throw you off the set here as listeners of this. I do love football. And Mutt and I have identified teams that are going to be absolute dumpster fires that are going to stay under their win total and should be easy to win money. No positivity here. We're not none, buying the, the best shape of their life season. We are nope. buying terrible coaches and bad quarterbacks all day long. We're buying teams that are trying to tank in some cases, Fritz, right? There are teams on this list. They don't want to win. They might not be sucking for luck, but there's a great quarterback crop coming in in 2023. These teams, many of them need quarterbacks. They're not even trying to win games. So why in God's name would I bet on them to get the over? Now we're not, this is our favorite unders bets, right? That's a different show down the road. Cause I have some teams that are pretty good Patriots that I want to be under on, but they're not in this dumpster that you've created here. So we are talking about the lowest of low Falcons, Texans, Jets, Seahawks, Panthers, Bears, Lions, Jags, and Giants. We've identified those as the nine potential absolute meme in your timeline. Dumpster fire. They stink. And since it was your idea, I'm going first. It's the Atlanta Falcons. If you and I were drafting back and forth here, a little sports radio draft, I would go Atlanta Falcons number one for dumpster file potential. Last year, they were seven and two in one score games with an actual team. They had a quarterback. They were trying to win. They had wide receivers. Now they go from Matt Ryan to Marcus Mariota. Ridley's done for the year because he bet $1,500 on some games. Uh, big better that he is. Uh, you have to reset the entire thing. There's rookies everywhere. They're trying to lose. And this number is really low. It's four and a half. I'm still going under. If you want it, there's a couple places where you can play it up to like five and you can get a, uh, you can get a wash at five and get your money back. But for me, it's four and a half. I'm going the under because they're bad and they want to be bad. They want a quarterback next year. So to me, dumpster fire team numero uno, top of my list of these teams, the Atlanta Falcons, baby, three or four wins tops in 2022 yeah it's a good pick and uh honestly the reason why i like the 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 potential dumpster fire of them is kyle pitt saying that he believes they are a super bowl contender um (laughs) hey hey kyle (laughs) i love the attitude but let's take a chill pill also uh, i'm not sure how long mariota's gonna start you know i think at some point they're probably gonna go to desmond ritter and see what they have before they have to decide in this upcoming draft if they want to make a cha- if they want to draft a quarterback, they probably will. I totally understand that, but I think it'd be doing a disservice to yourself if you don't at least see what you have in Desmond Ritter. My first pick in the dumpster fire draft goes out west to those Seattle Seahawks, who I think are just going to be a disaster this year. Yep. They have, they have yep. no talent on defense. They lose Russell Wilson. Uh, they have Pete Carroll, who is like, I think he's trying to do a revenge tour against the modern offenses, which are trying to pass the ball and he wants to run the ball. <laughs> they lose, they lose Chris Carson. Um, unfortunately he has to retire because of, of the neck thing, which stinks, obviously. Um, they're going to try to ground and pound their way to, to what, you know, I mean, there, there's some Jimmy G buzz here. We've talked a lot about how stupid that is. Like, what are you going and, and trading for Jimmy G for like, just lose and lose some more um but either way if you you give me a chance to head into a season when you see as little talent on defense as you as they have 
and Drew Locke or Geno Smith at the quarterback position, Mutt, that has just absolute dumpster fire written all over it. They're not going to adjust. Pete Carroll's like 78 years old. Uh, like they, He's just going to want to run the football over and over again. Give me the, the Seahawks as the first pick in my dumpster fire draft. And tied into that, I want the under week four when Metcalf and company won out and they start complaining. And I know he got new money, but I can already see the headline. Like uh, Pro, Florio's got the head of DK Metcalf, semicolon, wants out, wants to go to a winner, can't take the rebuild. They would have been my number two pick. And the Pete Carroll part to me is more important. Well, it's tied in the Russell Wilson part. Russell Wilson, Fritz, how many times do you think Russ covered up for stupid decisions by oh. Pete Carroll? Awful coaching. Fourth down decisions were terrible last couple of years. But because you have a good quarterback, it masks everything. This happens across the NFL. Like I, I, Belichick's a Hall of Fame coach, but his coaching has taken a, a hit. Guess what? When Tom Brady goes out the door and it's Cam Newton and Jared Stidham and Mac Jones, the same thing is going to happen in Seattle. Uh, so to me, those two are my favorite clear-cut potential. So you and I had one and two. After that, I'm going to your guy, Matt Rule. I think the Carolina Panthers, I, we'll get to him. We'll get to his issues coming up and first coach fired in segment two. But this team, he was already one foot out the door, had to draft an offensive lineman because it's like the safe thing to do when you're about to get fired. He said Joe Brady. Joe Brady is smart offensive mind from LSU with Joe Burrow. Comes in for a year. Oh, he was the problem. What does Matt Rule want to do, Fritz? Establish the run. Wants to run the ball more in Carolina. When a coach says that, he is dead. So I know their win total is six and a half. I want the under. We'll get to that coach being fired. You think Matt Rule's a genius for some reason. I don't know why. But to me, the Carolina Panthers, Baker or no Baker, that thing is dumpster fire city with a with a topping of first coach fired right there for you. Yeah, it's definitely fair. Uh, the more and more I look at them, it's like, okay, so especially when you're evaluating dumpster fire potential, I mean, nothing oh, yeah. screams dumpster fire potential like having – two failed top three picks as like your options at quarterback <laughs> and like trying to turn their careers around with, I don't know who's the offensive coordinator. Like, it's funny because you actually look at the roster and it's like, well, DJ Moore is great. We'll see what McCaffrey can be. Jay-Z Horn, I thought had a chance last year. Jeremy Chin's pretty good. I like Brian Burns. But then when you like, if you just take a step back from my Matt Rule fandom and look at this from a holistic level, it definitely has dumpster fire potential. I wouldn't take them number three, though, but frankly, I think that's a that's a reach, as we say in the business, because obviously the Houston Texans should be here. And that's who I would make it the, the second pick. Like, I like that Lovey Smith got another shot, but like he wasn't even good in Chicago. Like, you know, I mean, and, and especially where defenses have evolved to and offenses have evolved to. Am I going to trust Lovey Smith to be able to like be OK? And also this whole Davis Mills thing that's going on. You don't think that teams spent all offseason like, oh, there seems to be decent buzz around Davis Mills. Let's see what we can, what he has on tape. They're going to figure Davis Mills out because he's not that good. You know, like I'm not buying the whole, oh, Brandon Cooks and Marlon Mack and all this. Like, they're, they're, they're the Texans. We're, there's no talent there. Yeah, but they, they had a right to do that last year. And I was a different coach and everything. But Davis Mills, guess what? Not bad. He was one after Mac Jones, you can make the argument, he was the second best rookie quarterback. Now, the other rest of the crop, Zach Wilson's worried about, you know, moms in the offseason. So the bar was yeah. not set really high here. But he wasn't terrible last year. So I, I'm, I'm against you. I, I, the Texans would have been further down on my list this year. Uh, they really would have. And he, after that, uh, I, I would go Jets next. Like I, And, again, tied into Zach Wilson. You and I talked about 
second year quarterbacks and going wrong. Like the Zach Wilson offseason stuff. I love Braxton Berrios, former Patriot, should still be here. Would have been like the Ness Wes Welker, Julian Edelman. They waived him so they could bring in some scrub. He's been great there in New York, Pro Bowler a year ago. But if I don't believe in Zach Wilson and Robert Sala's like a defensive coach, I got to go with the Jets here. And a lot of people that sharp people, I think people on our network like the Jets over five and a half. But if Wilson stinks early, that fan base turns on the hot seat up on Robert Sala. I like their rookies too, the running back and the receiver. But Zach year two has a, that has a reek of we made a mistake, like big back page headlines in the New York Post all year. So I'll go Jets next amongst the teams we're talking about here because I don't trust their quarterback. Well, and and also the reports this week that Joe Flacco is outshining him in camp uh, should not make, <laughs> make, make you very excited about, about the Jets upcoming season. Yeah, it's funny. It's like you look at the talent. It's like, yeah, I could see it. And then it's like, well, still the Jets. They're one of those franchises where it's like, you got to prove it. Like you just, you have to prove it. And I, I like the talent. I like Zach Wilson. I like them coming out. Um, but we'll see. Uh, my next pick is to a franchise that, again, has never had a good quarterback in their entire existence. Uh, maybe Otto Graham in the 50s. And that would be the Chicago Bears. Hey, listen, they have Justin Fields, who I thought was okay last year. Um, I think he's actually in a bad situation. They have no offensive talent around them. They brought in a defensive head coach, and they brought in the Packers quarterback coach as his offensive coordinator. Like, if that doesn't stream dumpster fire, then I'm not quite sure what does. Six and a half seems way too high. Uh, I will take the under of the Bears very happily straight to the bank. Yeah, it's tough because I want to like Justin Fields, but you and I talked about the coordinator last year. He's, he's Aaron Rodgers' guy, so that's a precision offense. That's accuracy, and I'm not sure – that's all fields. Are, I, I like fields as a talent. I, I would have taken him out of Mac Jones, but he wasn't available last year uh, for the Patriots. We, we got a bunch. We, we can't put the lions on here. There's legit lions buzz for Dan Campbell. Stable. Even coach. Stable of the year franchise. Buzz. Yeah. I mean, they, they don't fire anyone. So Dan Campbell's not being fired. You and I both like Brian Dayball too much, right? To put the giants on here. Like I, I he's a, he's a good coach, a smart coach. He's doing smart things. You know, Daniel Jones is not great. I think there's actually some talent there. They might want to suck to get a quarterback, but I, I can't go Giants anywhere here. So it's tough have for me the, to go. Have, have the Lions, go Jaguars, and Giants, have they graduated out of the dumpster fire class here, Mutt? The Jags haven't. The J if I had to make one more pick here, if we're going back and forth, it's the Jags. And I, as someone who has touted Doug Peterson at 20-1 to as coach of the year, uh, I don't know. I, 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 I get queasy there. I get a little queasy. So if I had to pick one of those three, this year, Lions, Giants, or Jags, Doug Peterson. Who, by the way, jettisoned the visor last night on the Hall of Fame game. One of the legit hat. He's growing up, growing up fits. I know. And it does seem like uh, listening to Trevor Lawrence, he was like, we got a real adult leading our team now, which I do think will help. They obviously have talent, but man, proud of those franchises. I think the Jags definitely am with you. They still have dumpster fire, dumpster fire potential, but Lions and Giants, I genuinely feel like have graduated out of our dumpster fire category. I would have taken the Browns over any of those three, including the Jags. We didn't include them. The Deshaun Watson news this week. Actually, we can talk about that coming up. Deshaun Watson, he's going to get more than six games. We'll see what the NFL ends up giving him. And how about some awards in focus, analyzing the awards, MVP, Coach of the Year, and the Matt Rule Award, first coach fired coming up in 2022. Mutt and Fritz, it's BetQL Weekend. BetQL Network, keep it right here.
too. Welcome back to BetQL Weekend with Mike Menansky and Jack Fritz on the BetQL Network. Rolling on here on your sports weekend, BetQL Weekend, BetQL Network, Twitch.tv, BetQL. Mike Menansky with you, Jack Fritz, WIP in Philadelphia. We'll get to some baseball. We'll get to the Fritz list and a lot more coming up in segment number three. I want to talk about some awards here, Fritz, for a second. I'll start with Deshaun Watson. Like, I just to wrap up our conversation about dumpster fires. With the Watson news this week and the six-game suspension comes down, NFL is going to appeal it. Do you, would, what would you be doing with the Browns right now? Knowing what we know now, likely more than six games. Any actionable moves here on the Browns? Anything on Deshaun Watson, given what we found out this week? Well, it seems like there's a lot of buzz for him potentially getting suspended for the year. It seems like that's what yeah. the NFL wants. That's what Goodell, uh, they think that he's going to kind of go for that if he can get it. So if he's gone for the year, you know, they're going to have to deal with that distraction all the time. Uh, Jacoby Brissett, I actually think, is a is a pretty confident starting quarterback. Uh, but, I mean, obviously, if you want to talk about, you know, exiting dumpster fire territory, I mean, they get I mean, ten, right back in there. Yeah. Uh, ten, the total is 10 and a half. Like, if you, if you if you think the NFL doesn't want to be yeah. embarrassed by a six-game suspension, then you should be betting the under right now. A lot of places, we're being honest here, when you and I are talking, they've taken it off the board. They don't want you to be able to bet it because I think a lot of people have the same idea if Watson's going to miss a bunch of time. And by the way, financially for him, it benefits him to miss time this year and not next year. His contract really kicks in next year. Very slimy, shady deal he got with the Browns to minimize the money this year he might lose suspension-wise. It's like tripled and quadrupled next year. So there's a chance he may even want the suspension this year. If you can bet the under on the Browns, I'd be doing it. Uh, But a lot of places have taken it. Uh, off the board, including also taking Deshaun Watson MVP off the board, rightfully so. He's going to miss a bunch of time, but we got yeah, a lot of well, options I mean, here. Right? Go ahead. Isn't the, isn't the one interesting thing like Nick Chubb for the rushing title? I mean, they're gonna they're gonna run it all the time if if, yeah. if Deshaun Watson's not playing. I mean, that that's one that could make sense if you were if you're interested in that market. They still have a good offensive line. They have good pieces. It's just like they're obviously going to run way more if they have if they have Nick Chubb. So maybe Nick Chubb for some rushing title odds. Yeah, we got some uh, player prop stuff to get to next week here on BetQL Weekend. We're going to focus on some of the bigger awards. We're a month outside of kickoff, the big Hall of Fame game, which we've all watched two or three times now on the DVR. Uh, yep. Let's start with the MVP. MVPs are and it's it's a quarterback's award, Fritz. So to me, you've got to yes. sort of decide what quarterbacks you want to invest in. At least on my end, I got a couple. Uh, one of the favorites and then a long shot as well. Let's start with you. MVP things that stand out. Either somebody you're excited to bet or guys you would like to fade there at the top of the market? I'm going to start with a long shot because I'm a sucker for training camp videos. I'm a sucker for, for any kind of buzz around players. Yep. And I'm a sucker for absolutely tantalizing talent. And that goes to Trey Lance, plus 4,000. He is on a loaded team out in, in San Francisco. Him to Brandon Ayuk looks absolutely ridiculous right now in camp. Uh, Debo Samuel's back. He has all of his weapons. They're going to be a good team. They're going to be on a lot of primetime games. You're betting on the chance, small chance, but and I don't think it'll happen, but you're betting on the chance of him having a Mahomes-level leap or like a Herbert-level leap and going to another level. Second year in offense, we know that's when these players are supposed to kind of take their, their big jump. Carson in year two, Mahomes in year two. Herbert was kind of just always good. 
Burrow is pretty much always good. Um, but you see these big leaps in their in their second year in the offense. And if you want to take a chance on pure upside plus four thousand, it's really long odds. I don't hate and a, a long shot odds on on Trey Lance, a dynamic talent with really good weapons. I don't hate it. I mean, it's it's a complete gamble, and you're getting a great price on it. But as far as like a, a lottery ticket play to start the year, and by the way. If they start fast in that division, he has two good games. That number is cut in half. So you might as well get on it now before he plays in his first game. As I look at this thing, I like a quarterback at, at 20 plus to one. And that's Lamar Jackson. And again, I've seen a lot of smart people bring up Lamar Jackson as a name. But coming off the issues last year, they're going to rebuild the offense around him. Speaking of guys who like are getting training camp buzz, people around the, the Ravens are like, he's, re- he's ready to go. The offense is all about him right now. He's such a big part of what they do. And I think if the Ravens make a run, there's nobody else on that team that's going to get any credit. Like the one thing I'd say about your 49ers play, because Debo does so much, takes some of the shine off the quarterback, so for Jimmy Garoppolo. Lamar's going to be the guy in Baltimore. And as far as bounce backs go and narrative, this will come in to coach of the year as well. They won eight, nine games a year ago. If they win 11, 12 games, make a playoff run, and he puts up those numbers from a couple years ago. I could see him getting legit buzz. And 22 to 1 seems very fair for a guy who's won the thing before as a skills to win it this year. So he is my longer shot of the long shots here, Lamar Jackson, 22 to 1. Yeah, I was actually, that was going to be my next one. So I love when we are on the same page. Yeah. You know, usually, usually, I, usually I like we're on the same page with our horse picks, but I guess we'll take it with MVP odds here as well. <laughs> um, I'm a big narrative guy. We know that the MVP award is a narrative thing. I also love that. He's betting on himself. He wants a huge contract. What's the best way to to prove that you're worthy of a big contract is you go out and win the MVP again. Now, the last time the Ravens did this was obviously with Joe Flacco uh, before the 2012 season. They, they played hardball. Yep. He's like, all right, well, I'll prove it. And he went out and won them the Super Bowl. So uh, maybe the same kind of thing happens here, and and you, you can kind of get Lamar at a good price. I feel like he's been listening all offseason. Oh, you can't throw. Oh, this yep. stupid anonymous – NFL source says like you're not dynamic like you're not no one's afraid to play Lamar Jackson um and I think he's he's heard all the criticisms about throwing the ball and this and that so I think Lamar Jackson plus 2200 is is a steal given that again like you mentioned he's won it before uh there's a lot of sort of negative stuff heading into the season which I think he'll he'll feed off of and he wants a big payday uh heading into next year and I'll take all three of those things when factoring in the MVP the other guy I have to mention contractually is Tom Brady. I know he's eight to one, but again, it it's is. a narrative award. It's a narrative award, Fritz. Okay, we, you and I both think the AFC is better than the NFC. He's playing in a soft division. They could easily win thirteen games. Chris Godwin back at practice on Friday, like full complement of receivers. Like if they win 13, 14 games, and the Packers go backwards, Cowboys cowboy it up. Like and they're like the dominant team. He can win at eight to one. It's a short price, but boy. There, there's a couple of paths where he he throws 44 touchdown passes, 11 picks, and they, he wins the award going away. So I, I'm yeah, playing. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he led the league in passing last year. You know, at, at, yeah. at age 44 or whatever. So it, it's definitely there. Um, you know, one of the names that I think is actually being slept on, and I think it's because everyone's just expecting that this team can't do what they did last year again because they've been a loser for so long, is Joe Burrow and the and the Bengals. You know, it's like yeah. everyone just assumes, okay, it's going to be, they're not going to do what they did last year. They're not going to be as good. They're going to be a Super Bowl hangover, even though they didn't win it. 
But it's like, well, what if Joe Burrow is just an insane winner that changes the whole culture out there? And he still has Jamar Chase. He still has T. Higgins. They made upgrades on the offensive line. The, the entire NFL viewing uh, audience loves Joe Burrow. Like yeah. I haven't, as have you heard one person say like they don't love watching Joe Burrow play football? No, no. And my my, kid, my kids are Patriot fans. They walk around the house doing the the Bengals gritty. They're upset. They love Joe, the whole thing, the whole package of the Bengals. My kids love it. The slick back hair, the glasses. The kids are into it. I, and I, yeah. I know what the kids are into. I'm, I'm hot in the streets, Chris. I know what's going on out there. There's an old balding. Guy. I never doubted that either. I look at you. I said <laughs> that guy knows exactly what's, what's, what's in right now. Um, but, but with, with Burrow, it's like you just see him, and I kind of, like, I, I, I didn't grow up honestly. Like, I didn't grow up in the generation and era of winners like i kind of grew up on the, the, the tail end of it like brady i love watching because i think he's a winner jeter never fully respected um but he's a winner you know and i respected the mentality and kobe i wasn't a fan of when he was a player and then as, as he as his career winded down i was like you know what i appreciate like his competitiveness and stuff like that i feel like joe burrow is a nice throwback to those kind of players that like is just a winner so Plus twelve hundred, uh, you know what if the the Bengals are just good again? I, I think it's a, a decent valued bet. I will bet on Joe Burrow any chance I can get because I think he is just awesome. So how about Coach of the Year, Fritz? I'll let you go first. And I, people have not the Action Network did a great breakdown of this. Basically, you've got to be a playoff team, win ten or eleven games, to win Coach of the Year. I thought you could go from like four wins to eight wins. That has not traditionally gotten the award since two thousand fifteen. Every winner, by the way has been 20 to one or more when the season started. So it's a long shot type of bet. Any coaches stand out to you as coach of the year bets heading into 2022? Listen, that's a very cute little stat that he put out there about how you have to make the postseason, have to win 10 games. And let me tell you what, those teams never dealt with the pain that has been a Detroit Lions fan for the last <laughs> 60 years. And I do not care what the analytics say about coach of the year buzz because I'm taking Dan Campbell, uh, plus 2,200. He's running full two-hour practices with hitting. He's running like in, a, in, a, in an age where like the Eagles just got done running a 58-minute practice. They're not hitting anyone. Dan Campbell's a throwback. He's got a whole coaching staff of, of ex-players. Um, again, they're the best cover team in the league last year. They won three of the last four. They get Jameson Williams, get the hometown kid, Aiden Hutchinson, like – I love the Lions buzz, and if they go from however many they won last year to eight wins, I'm taking Dan Campbell, plus 2,200, lock it in. Um, and again, I think the Eagles are going to lose to them week one. Yeah, I was, leaning toward, I was leaning toward Doug Peterson for the same sort of thing, that he would come in year one in Jacksonville off the Urban Meyer disaster, and like if Trevor Lawrence takes his big leap forward, the credit's going to go to Peterson. But they'd have to win – eight nine games and be frisky there in the AFC South and it's tough for me to do I still like it but I, I I'm going to correlate my MVP and my coach because I think John Harbaugh has a really big opportunity he's somewhere in the 20 to 1 range too last time I looked uh, for coach of the year and John Harbaugh is going to have a healthier team this year MVP style quarterback in Lamar Jackson the Bengals if I'm going to believe I know you like him for an MVP don't hate it but if they regress a little bit off the Super Bowl appearance and there's a lot of history of teams that lose the Super Bowl regress the following year if they go from eight and nine a year ago 
to uh, 11 and seven and win the division, that really puts him in a good position to win. So if I'm looking for, uh, basing on history, 20 to one and have to make the playoffs, John Harbaugh stands. John Harbaugh, excuse me, stands out as somebody who, if I like Lamar Jackson, I gotta like John Harbaugh. Yeah, that's fair. And I know I've been, uh, uh, you know, pushing the the Denver Broncos propaganda. It's like oh, yeah. the one guy, I just, oh, yeah. the, the the one guy I just don't believe in is Nathaniel Hackett, just because like I haven't seen him. I don't I don't know anything about him. So even I haven't been there. Um, so that's one thing. The name that I actually think is going to win Coach of the Year, you know, Dan Campbell's my my long shot. Um, but the guy who I actually think is going to win Coach of the Year is Kevin O'Connell uh, of the Minnesota Vikings. You know. Kirk Cousins, I, you know, yeah. not a fan of. Obviously, not a winner. Doesn't get the job done when you need him. Um, <laughs> like, his record on Monday Night Football is, like, one of the funniest football stats I've ever seen. So, we know he's not a primetime player. We know all of that. But I think going from Mike Zimmer, who's a dinosaur that just wanted to, you know, talk about defensive schemes, boring, uh, to Kevin O'Connell, <laughs> a, a Sean McVay prototype, with Kirk yeah. Cousins, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, you know, I, I, if if the Packers aren't great next year um, because, you know, they, they lose Devontae Adams, Aaron Rodgers is doing mushroom tea or whatever he's doing, and <laughs> like, they, they don't win the NFC North for the 100th year in a row. I mean, why not the Vikings? They have the talent. They were in the, they were in the NFC Championship game in 2017, so they obviously still have some pieces. And I don't know, Kevin O'Connell? some coach of the year buzz we've done this show for three months that's the smartest analysis you've had you've had a lot of you said a lot of dumb things on this show that people should not listen to that's by far the smartest thing you've said and i may have to go to this great state of new hampshire and place a bet on kevin o'connell for the second straight week we left ourselves short on time on first coach fired to me it's simple it's the matt rule award he's minus 225 there's one coach on this list that is uh you have to like lay it with everybody else is plus money p carroll's plus 350 McCarthy's plus six, uh, six to one. Rivera seven to one. Reich eight to one. Matt Rule, I'm sorry, two to one. I thought it was minus two twenty five. Yeah. He is actually two to one. So I'm taking Matt Rule at two to one. First coach fired. You defend him since you said he was a good coach a couple weeks ago on this show. Um, well, I do think he's a good coach. I think he knows how to run a system. I just think he might possibly be a college coach. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> what does that mean? Run a system. No, 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 no. He is a football guy, okay? And he knows how to run a program. Now, it might be a college program. I'm fully acknowledging that. It might be a college program. But I still believe that he's too smart to be this dumb. I believe that to my core. My pick, because you are just a – you're obsessed with Matt Roll is obviously Mike McCarthy. If the if the Cowboys got off to a slow start, Jerry's already talking about how he has options. Like, come on, man. Like, that, how, does, how do you think Mike McCarthy feels that he's walking into a press conference and Jerry's like, he wouldn't be here if I didn't think he could win the Super Bowl. Uh, and I got options. Like, you think that, that Mike McCarthy's like, oh, inspired to go coach his football team? Get out of here. Plus 600. If I was betting, I would obviously bet on that. And it's so annoying. Like, none of these are none of these players are going to get fired. A coach is going to get fired anyway. But it's going to be Mike yes, McCarthy. They not really? There's, oh, they will be fired. Unfortunately, it's, it's tougher to find these. This is courtesy of our uh, odds checker. But it's some of the regular books you can actually bet on here in the U.S. It's not available, but it's fun to talk about. We walk, we'll walked. we be talking about it all year. Fritz is going to talk about the Fritz list. I will celebrate the state of Massachusetts. We'll do it all coming up here. BetQL Weekend, BetQL Network.
Welcome back to BetQL Weekend with Mike Menansky and Jack Fritz on the BetQL Network. Mutt and Fritz hanging out. BetQL Weekend. Thank you so much for listening, either on the network, watching on twitch.tv, BetQL, or the podcast available on the Odyssey app and uh, over at, uh, I, I said iTunes last time. He said it's Apple Podcasts. That's what you want to say? Apple Podcasts, yes. It's, it's not 2006. So the, the Apple Podcast is where you get it now. Listen, this natural glow today is not just my beautiful tan I've had from being outside in 100 degrees uh, heat the last couple of days. While we were off for the week, the state of Massachusetts, late Sunday, early Monday, legalized sports betting, Fritz. And at some point this year, I'll be able to walk into a sports book in Massachusetts and actually bet. No more eight-mile drive, 16 miles round trip to New Hampshire. No hanging out with my friends at the FanDuel Sportsbook of Mohegan Sun. This year during football, I'll be able to bet. Maybe not mobily till next year, but we're with the times here in the Bay State. So congratulations to us for joining the rest of the world in legalizing sports betting. I will say, um, I thought Nick Casos' uh, uh, breakdown of third quarter offense in the Hall of Fame game last night was a sad Twitter experience to to go through. But having to yep. see you at I don't know, was it two thirty in the morning? <laughs> talking 45. about you're you're watching you're watching the Massachusetts Senate to to figure out if they're going to legalize gambling or not. Just wake up the next morning and you'll see it then. It's that important. It's that important. Well, trust me, it's that it's that important to me and my listeners in WEEI. We want to bet sports. We want to keep the money in state, and thankfully, we'll be able to do that uh, yes, at some I'm point. Yes, I'm proud of you, buddy. You you finally did Tell it. Me. You finally did I got, it. I got an email from a high-ranking official saying it was it was my work in pushing this issue. So, congrats to me. I passed sports betting, not the governor. I got it done in Massachusetts. Um, the Padres got it done. You called this. I, I thought Soto would not get traded. Juan Soto. Until the offseason, Fritz, I thought for sure they get the best value for him dealing in the offseason like Otani and the Angels. But uh, he goes to the Padres. They're 10-11-1 to win the World Series right now. Uh, your thoughts on the trade deadline and who really improved? I mean, outside of the Padres, who are freaking loaded and are must-watch if we can stay up that late in the East Coast. Yeah, and frankly, like, if I'm a Cardinals fan, I'm sitting here furious. Like, you're not going to put yeah. Dylan Carlson in the trade to, to go get a 20 20- again. Like, I can't wrap my mind around a 23-year-old absolute superstar. Like, this generation's bonds, all of that. Like, ridiculous. On the market, and you're not going to put Dylan Carlson in in the trade package. Like, I mean, what? it's just, it's a joke. But, you know, you look at the Padres, it's Soto, it's Tatis, it's Machado, it's Darvish. It's like... It's up and down the lineup, and it's just it's just absurd. It is Josh absolutely Hader. absurd. Yeah. yeah, well, Josh Hader hasn't been that great for a little bit here, but I, he's going to figure it out and be fine, I'm, I'm sure. Yep. But, you, you know, you, you look at that, you know, and it, it makes you think about super teams. I didn't think super teams would ever really Ooh. come to Major League Baseball. Super team talk. I like it. Yeah. But 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 super super teams are here, you know. I mean, you have that that Padres team, Padres Dodgers is going to be insane. And like, thank God because as a sport, we were like t- your team up in Boston. They keep trying to build the race, you know, and they keep trying to build these like <laughs> I know. these big market teams are trying to build like small market teams. And the, the Padres are just like, screw it, we're going to go and we're going to get everyone and we're going to pay everyone and we can figure it out later. The Dodgers are like the perfect mix of both. 
you know, like they'll go make the superstar trades, but they're also shrewd in other ways. But it feels like the 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 big deals, the big trades, the big free agent contracts, they're kind of working their way back into baseball and the Rays way of like, eh, we're just going to value at the margins and, you know, it, it's not working anymore. So I'm glad from that aspect. Um, you know, the, the trade package was interesting. I mean, Gore had a chance a couple of years ago. Uh, he's fine now. Robert Hassel's like a slap hitting outfielder. He's fine. Uh, CJ Abrams stinks. Uh, James Wood could be the best prospect in baseball in a couple of years. I think that's a pretty good return. Um, wow. And Tucson, I don't really know much about, but it's actually a pretty big trade package. Like, you never usually see that much talent being moved. But again, like he's a 23 year old with two years left on his contract. Like you, yeah. you, you give that prospect package up. And you try to really win a World Series. So the game's been fun. The crowds have been electric. And it's good for baseball that Juan Soto is going to be a part of, hopefully, a, a deep October run here. Do you like them at 10 to 1? Because to me, I, I know teams made moves. I, I we, You and I both like the Astros better than the Yankees going into the deadline. I feel stronger about the Astros. Like, they went and got Trey Mancini, yes. great fit at first base. They added in that bullpen. Christian Vasquez is a great offensive catcher to go with. Uh, Maldonado is a good defensive catcher. So I thought the Astros really improved. I would still lean towards them even at around four, four and a half to one. Who do you like right now if you had to make a bet and do you like the Padres at 10 to one come out of the National League? No, I don't. You know, wow. I, I just, I never, it feels like whenever one of these moves happen, that team never wins, you know? And I yeah. just, I can't see it really happening um, because I still think the Dodgers are, are the better team. You know, I still think the Dodgers... Uh, with with Turner and Freeman and Betts and like up and down lineup, they have they have depth everywhere. Um, I would still pick the Dodgers. I think they have more of the pedigree. You know, this Padres team did choke at the end of last year, and it was a, a lot of the same guys. I know Soto's there, but um, uh, they 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 did fall short of even making the playoffs last year. So there's still something there that I don't totally buy with this Padres team. You know, it, it's it's interesting. I was looking at their roster, and it's like they don't have one homegrown player on it. And I'm not a big, like, homegrown matters all the time guy. But, like, usually there's a, a core there, and then you add the pieces around it. They're still, like, you know, a bunch of outside guys trying to figure out how to win together. And it, it feels like one of those all-star teams that don't really win in October. Well, I will also point out that the Padres did something I don't think any team's ever done in baseball. They they gave Eric Cosmer to the Red Sox and then paid his entire salary. He's owed $44 million. They're paying all of it. The one rare move, good move that High and Bloom did at the deadline. So you keep dodging around it. I'm on the Astros still. Who would be your World Series pick today, early August? Well, I don't want to pick the same team as you because that'd be boring. You know, that's not what we do here. We don't create boring content. So I will take the Dodgers. I will take the Dodgers. I still okay. believe in them. The Kershaw injury is a little worrisome. We'll see how he bounces back from them from that. But I feel like there's I feel like there's not much Dodgers buzz right now. And I, I kind of like that. I kind of like that. Yeah, people and are, especially you know what happens. They get bored. They get bored with the team. Like it happened with the Patriots. Yes. People got bored of the Patriots winning over and over again. It's happening with the Dodgers. So Dodgers and Astros for us. Uh, I'm with you. I, I like what the Padres did. I give them credit. I wish the Red Sox would show some of this and spend some money, but I think they'll probably end up coming up short at some point here uh, during the postseason. Uh, it's a time of the show that people set their clocks for. It's the Fritz list where Jack Fritz takes over the show, gives us a list of something that's either really smart or funny, or usually we just roll our eyes. Fritz, what do you have for us today? <laughs> oh, Mike Manansky. We've been working together, what, three months? 
four months here feels like feels show. like just yesterday we started this glorious show yes and i really i want to say i feel like i've really gotten to know you and okay. what i have on the fritz list today is okay. what i believe <laughs> yep let's do it what i what, what i believe is the best days of mike maneski's life okay <laughs> N- number five Number five is the first yep. time you heard the album Sinners Like Me by Eric Church. Coming yep. in at number five, he's my guy. I, I know, I actually know where I was when I heard some of that album for the first time ever. I actually, where I, graduation party for our friend Maggie. And she's like, have you listened to the rest of this album yet? I said no, and that was hooked there. So probably higher up in the list, but it's in the top five. Eric Church is the greatest country music artist of our lives. Go ahead. Number four. This is sportsy, but it was a big moment for you. I'll take you back 2004. Red Sox winning the World Series, finally getting a, a title in Boston. I think the Red Sox winning the World Series is the fourth best day of your life. Mm, I mean, again, there's some kids being born. There's some marriages. But if you want to put sports, ground ball stabbed by Folk. I mean, that was a, a it was a, uh, a people like Dan Shaughnessy, Boston Globe columnist, said the Red Sox would never win, said they were cursed. And so to put that crap away, yes, that was very good. By the way, it started, the Patriots started by winning, and I started a whole stretch of winning for Boston. That was good. That was good. Well, the Patriots didn't matter in Boston until 2007. So um, <laughs> so that's why they don't go there. Number three, and I know this is personal, and this is me reading into you because I think I've gotten to know you pretty well. Number three was yep. Tom Brady returning to Foxborough and beating the Patriots as a member of the Bucs. I knew that had to really mean something to you deep down. Again, almost number one to come back here. I was team Tom over uh, Belichick, Tom over t- Tom over team, baby, to come back. I just, just annoyed it rained that night. The weather wasn't great. Brady couldn't light him yep. up. They ran the football a lot. Uh, but yes, that was uh, a magic night of fuck. Number two is obviously this is important. Your kids being born. You know, I didn't want to leave that off the list. <laughs> I guess number two is, is your kids being born. We'll put that on the list. All right, Which fine. Yeah, the- I, some days, some uh, some days there there are days in the summer when I'm like, it's school. When does school start? Get the yep. kids back to school. Yep. Which leads to number one, and we yeah. just talked about it. But the best day of your life, Massachusetts, finally getting <laughs> sports gambling. The single best day of Mike Mansky's life. Uh, unfortunately, yes. Uh, you're probably right about that. Uh, by I the mean, way, speaking else, of that, what's that? What else would you be tweeting about at three in the morning and watching a yeah, Senate like race two, if it wasn't the eh, most important thing? 2.45. That's a very good Fritz list. But the last, we do much about me. No one cares about me. They care about what you're thinking about, not the, the Fritz list. So yeah. uh, Jack Fritz WIP, you can harass him on social media and get him involved. First, if we get out of here on the weekend, I gave you a winner last week on the show, folks. Fritz gave you nothing. I gave you a winner, told you Epicenter in the Jim Dandy Stakes at Saratoga, which is a major prep for the Travers. Uh, Epicenter won going away, beat Zandon, who he beat in the Derby. He beat early voting, who won the Preakness. I would like you to public, publicly apologize to Epicenter, who you said lacked the clutch gene, and he dominated the grade two Jim Dandy last week. Well, as someone that just figured out Epicenter won last week, uh, as we started recording this podcast, um, I guess I'll apologize, but I don't know. Like, every time I hear about uh, Epicenter and think about Epicenter, 
the the more and more that it shows is that he's clearly a regular season horse and not a postseason horse. Every big race the guy was in, he came up small and does not have the heart to be a truly great racehorse and cute with a gym. You call them the gym dandy? Is that what they're called? The 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 That's gym the pre- dandy no, it's races. The, it's, the pre- it's, the, it's the prep race for the tracks. The name of the race, you idiot. I'm not going to argue with you about that right now. But he's so epicenter is Garrett Cole. Is that the take? Yes. Ep- Epicenter is Garrett Cole. He is a regular season horse, not a postseason horse. I want to know who the Scherzer is, who the Scherzer is of the horse racing world. Well, I don't know who the Scherzer is, but I know tomorrow in the the grade one Whitney, one of the biggest races of the year at Saratoga, we're giving the number four horse, Olympiad. He's going to run down. Life is good. He'll be somewhere two to one, five to two. Olympiad in the Whitney. Book it tomorrow, Saturday at Saratoga. Thank you so much for listening to this ridiculous show. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you next week.